This is Amalia Eon Karras. Hey everyone, it's Satya, and you're listening to Love, Love Sex, Sex, and, and a Hidden, Hidden Agenda. agenda. Hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, we've been talking all week long about you being in Mexico, Amalia, and just, I can't stop thinking about just how wonderful it must be to be a single woman in her forties in this amazing town where people are gorgeous and dancing and just all the stories you keep telling me. And and all week long, I feel like I feel like I feel like I'm up here in San Francisco and I'm, you know, just dealing with, you know, teenager and and husband and and, you know, I can't even just the simplest thing that I want to just do, let's say for myself or have an idea. I feel like I have to jump over five hurdles before I can even just do something that I want to do or just go someplace on a whim. And I think I've left you like three WhatsApp messages this week, just kind of like drooling (laughs) over the, (laughs) over your life. Like if you ever feel, you know, some kind of way about my life and what I have, like I'm, I'm just all about your life and what, what you have going on right now. It's making me. Well, I definitely uh, don't feel sorry (laughs) for you. (laughs) Because you have a pretty beautiful life yourself. Uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, it, I think uh, if you're single and in your 40s, uh, this is a great place to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess if you're single at any age, this is a pretty fabulous place to uh, be. I don't think where I am is particularly um, good for couples. I think it might be a little bit tricky. For a couple to survive the the pleasures and the distractions of Playa del Carmen, which is where I'm living, uh, which is uh, south of Cancun, so which is um, basically paradise, warmth. Uh. It's it's a sexy place. I mean, it's very romantic. It has you know the Caribbean Sea, and then you know a lot of beaches, so people are half naked all the time or pretty much, you know, with the most limited amount of clothing. And so there's a lot of body consciousness. Um, (laughs) It's a lot of hot bodies. People really take care of their bodies here, which for me is really nice to be around. Um, Yeah, you were always telling me about how, you know, everyone's going to the gym and which is funny because I don't even think about that when I think about Mexico. I think of you know, everyone on the beach drinking margaritas or something. I don't think about people, you know, in the gym and going to (laughs) dance at night, like just to dance, you know, these, these special, you know, bachata dances and all of these dances that you're talking about. 
you guys would not believe Amelie's life right now. Oh my God. <laughs> I dance a lot. And it could be like what I gravitate towards because there's definitely the, the retirees and the, you know, the people that just get drunk and sort of couch potatoes surf the, the beaches, you know, they just mm. sit there with their drink in hand and definitely don't take care of their body. But what I gravitate towards, I guess, is the people who really love the, the, the outdoor lifestyle and the, the health consciousness. And, you know, it, there is this fluctuation of it's gone a little bit too far. You see more plastic surgery here than I've ever seen in my life. Um, really? I didn't even know all the kinds of plastic surgery people are getting because I'm not really into plastic surgery myself. Um, hmm. but it's really fascinating. I mean, wait a minute, are they getting their butts done? Their butts, their, butt? their tits, their lips, very common. In fact, you know, the first time I went to the gym, I kind of freaked out. I had to check myself. I wear a hat a lot of the time because I try not to stare at people because it's really hard to <laughs> I've never seen so many good looking people in one place in my life. <laughs> That's it. I'm coming. I am getting on a plane. <laughs> I've never seen so many hot bodies sweaty and like so ripped up. I mean, and I've always kind of gone to the gym, but mind you, I'm moving from Mount Shasta, which was also a retired, a retired um, community. And in Mount Shasta, I can tell you the gym I went to, I was the youngest person often mm. there because it was mostly retired people over the age of 60. That yeah, I, I just had the next to. So it was more like a physical therapy <laughs> place with like, you know, I felt like I was with the grandma and grandpa in the pool every day. I just right couldn't now. stop laughing when you said, remember, I'm coming from Mount Shasta because that whole idea is just, <laughs> I mean, to go from Mount Shasta to Mexico, you're like, no I'm wonder you're crazy. like, um, I'm going to actually stay here in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, being in Mount Shasta, I feel isolated. it's a beautiful place. Um, I love it there. But yes. I was isolated. And it's amazing. And becoming single and like living there, I realized this is not a place to meet a man. Like, who am I going to meet besides an outback forester? You know, no, it's a great place to meditate and to, yes. you know, like but be in the waters place. and yeah all of that to connect with nature and the sacred and all that but yeah and my whole social life there consisted of driving two hours twice a week to go to a dance class um where there wasn't available men at you know it was just mostly women dancing so hmm. here I've taken up partner dance for the first time which is extremely exciting wow um, and yeah I'm on the beach and at a gym with a bunch of single people in fact it's almost the exact opposite of anything you can imagine Mount Shasta to be like it's you know Mount Shasta everybody's all spiritual and mm -hmm. meditating and eating healthy and here it's like yeah a lot of drinking a lot of drugs a lot of clubbing music pumping all night parties all night in, in Shasta the restaurants close at 8 p.m. oh my goodness yeah so and there's only like two restaurants in town that are worth eating at Mm -hmm. and, um, but also there's all this healthy stuff too going on 
down there and they here in Playa. Yeah, there is, yeah. there is. Um, it's sprinkled. I mean, Playa is not Tulum. Tulum is an hour south, which is much more, you know, the spiritual. So you're near hub. very sacred lands. Yeah. Well, I'm on sacred land. There are ruins and stuff under Playa, and there's cenotes everywhere. And mm. The landscape itself and the vibration here is extremely sacred. It's just that so many tourists have taken over and the cartels have taken over. So there's Uh. like a, you know, people come here for holiday and what do they want to do on holiday? But often, you know, drink and party. So there's different realms of existence here. And I'm definitely finding my space and I feel I feel I play an important role here in terms of grounding energy and bringing some like self-regulation to a place that I think people get quickly deregulated in because they're Mm -hmm. given so much freedom. You know, a lot of people here are like, oh my God, I can dance all night. Oh my God, I can drink all day. Oh my God, I can get whatever drugs I want. Oh my God, I can sleep with a different person every night. Oh my God, I can do this, 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 this. And so Mm -hmm. they, they go into the excessive, like breaking out of the constraints of wherever they came from to like revel in the freedom that they find here. And I think everybody has to go through that kind of, you know, whenever we've been constricted or repressed, there's always um, a backlash of, of liberation, like me going from Shasta <laughs> to here, I was like, I'm going to dance every night of the week. But you know, then I wasn't <laughs> sleeping until three, four every morning and kind of threw my, system off. So now I've like, Mm -hmm. I'm finding my, my balance amidst um, all the things that, that there are to offer. But in terms of dating, like I've never, well, first just, I don't know if I'm really talked about my dating life so much. I've talked a lot about my relationships, but I haven't really ever dated. And I'm not Mm -hmm. someone who's put myself on online dating and I have maybe gone on a handful of dates in my life and almost every date I've ever had has turned into a long-term relationship. So I'm not someone who knows how to play the dating game. Right. And I'm learning really hmm. fast <laughs> um, hmm. by, by necessity <laughs> um, <laughs> because I feel sort of like, wow, I missed out on what dating is because a lot of people come here very skilled at the art of of dating and that's really interesting yeah I don't think I've really ever dated either I end up in a relationship me too always yeah I literally just go from one long-term one to the other so I am serial monogamer yeah to being I wouldn't call myself well let's yeah I (laughs) I realized as soon as I said that I was like wait that's not scratch that (laughs) scratch that I have an alternative lifestyle but um I've definitely always had like a certain someone that stabilizes me in my life stabilizes that part of my and I realized why because um I have a lot of energy and <laughs> yeah, my kundalini is uh, very strong. And so I realized, and I've known this about myself, that I was always kind of scared to be single because I didn't know what I would get myself into. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people feel that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think that it's kind of scary to be like, look, I've never had parental figures watching me pretty much ever in my life Mm -hmm. since I'm 16 years old. 
So I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, with whomever I want. And the only person who has to know is me. And I have to live with myself and, um, you know, handle the consequences. And I'm really grateful for, for having had the lack of guidance in a sense, because it's made me rely very intimately on self-regulation. Um, because mm-hmm. I always have had the opportunity to do whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of my peers growing up, you know, the second that they got away from their parents became like drug addicts or mm. dysfunctional. You know, they, they sort of failed at being a, a, an adulting. Um, mm. And I was more purpose-driven and an entrepreneur. So I always had like my my business side down or like my, my drive. I don't, I don't need someone to tell me what to do or how to be, but when it comes to my sexuality, uh, I definitely have relied on the men in my life to regulate, um, maybe my sex drive and my desires and things like I was scared to just be on my own, like what, what I would do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. So I'm learning. Well, I imagine, you know, there's the, like everything else, the, the, the great side of dating and then the not so great side of dating. So what is it like to really be doing that for the first time? Is it disheartening? Is it, is it, is it invigorating? Is it, uh, I think it's everything. I mean, first of all, it's a candy store. (laughs) It's a candy store. And what I've learned so hey, wait, you got that from me because I remember I, I left you WhatsApp message. I was like, okay, you are basically in a candy store. You are a kid because you were being hard on yourself about something like, oh, I should be, you know, doing this and this and that over here. And I'm like, actually, that would be like asking a little kid, putting a kid in a candy store and sitting them down on the floor and saying, don't touch anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You gave me permission. And And thank God, you know, because what I'm finding is like how to feel, how to feel safe. So right when I arrived, you know, I made some decisions that I was kind of being hard on myself about, um, you know, because I met, I met a guy I connected with very deeply and it just got passionate quickly. And at that point I was like, oh, I'm a tourist. And Mm-hmm. I'm only here for a short period of time, so I might as well like explore this to its fullest right away. You know, like I didn't, I didn't do what I would do back home, which would be like really get to know someone and make it wait, which has been what I've done in the past. So mm-hmm. this, that first relationship kind of moved really quickly. And then the second relationship was similar. And then I've, I hit the pause button and I haven't, um, you know, I was like, whoa, like I gotta, well, I decided to move here basically. I'm like, stay mm-hmm. here. And then I, I readjusted myself and I've been in a lot of reflection about it, but I think, I don't know, like what I'm learning the most and what I want to say to all the women who are listening, because <laughs> every woman that I know, it doesn't matter how old they are when they're going, when they're in a bad relationship and they're going to break up with someone or they're considering to break up with someone or they're single and they're in a place where they're, it's not candy and they're feeling isolated. Uh They all think 
they're all like stuck in the past of like regretting, oh, my ex, he was so great. If only, if only, and all this bullshit, right? Mm. About, oh, it used to be so good. Well, it wasn't good because you're not with them anymore. Yeah, right? never like, do that, people. Never, never do that. <laughs> so That's so right. <laughs> I either talk to girls who are like nostalgic and, and falsifying the past. Right. Um, or... Or they're single and they're moping around like, where are all the good guys? I'm, there's nobody my age. There's no one that qualifies. There's nobody adequate. Well, just come here because (laughs) what I have realized is literally like the second something ends, it might just be an attraction. So I learned this through the dance because I'm doing partner dancing and you can connect very deeply with people in dance. And, you know, it's how do people not just fall in love? I think well, if you, I, you fall I would just like fall in love immediately. Yeah, you, yeah. you fall yeah. maybe not a hundred, but maybe like once or twice a night when you go out dancing, <laughs> you do fall in love. You're like, yeah. oh my God, that was the best dance. That was the deepest yeah. connection. Mm-hmm. But what I also realized is I've gotten to know a few of those guys off the dance floor and it's not, it's not like. You get over that. Work. It would never work, right? It, it's mm-hmm. really just a connection. It's like you get this beautiful moment to, to feel the connection and fall in love. And it, it might not translate into everyday life. And in fact, a lot of the times it does not, it's mm-hmm. really just a chemistry thing or a rhythmic thing or a soul thing. Um, oh goodness. But what I, what I noticed is that every time, and I've seen this with all my girlfriends here, cause I have a lot of single girlfriends here. So predominantly everyone in Playa is single is what I've noticed. I know very lit few. Stop. I, don't know I can't take this anymore. I can't take this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> don't get on the next flight to get again. Listen, I think we, I got an idea. I think we should turn this podcast into a video blog. Just send me a ticket. I'll be down there probably sometime next week. You can do that, right? No problem. <laughs> and just pretend Are I'm not there. <laughs> I'm gonna show you. Yeah, live. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm over here like sweating, here. listening to this. So. <laughs> well, wait till you're here. You're gonna be sweating like buckets, and you'll be him every day because you'll be like, Whoa, I gotta work some of this energy. <laughs> Literally, like I've never worked out so much in my life, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm disappearing into the background again. <laughs> the, the curtains go back. Uh, right, so um, what was I? I was about to say something. Oh, okay, here, here it is, ladies. Here's mm-hmm. the truth. The second something ends. So, okay. Here, all the single women I know, we, we all also talk about guys all the time. And like, oh, we saw this guy. Oh, I fell in love. Oh, no. oh, I'm in love. Oh, I think he's the one. Or maybe, maybe. What do you think? And then something goes wrong and it doesn't work. And the turnover rate here is quite high um, <laughs> because everybody's in the candy store. So mm-hmm. it, what it's shown me is that um, there are a ton of fish in the sea. So it's a total myth that no one else is ever going to like meet you that way or connect in that way mm-hmm. or turn you on in that way or whatever. I think that's all BS. And I've learned it, it is BS because I used to fall prey to that. Like, Oh, but he was such a great this and he was all great. No, there's so many. Um, my favorite saying here with the women, I'm like, next. 
what's next because (laughs) (laughs) the turnover rate is very, very high. Um, It forces you to really ground in yourself and understand like what's important to you. And connection requires so much more than physical attraction or spiritual connection or even mental connection, because I look at all my relationships and I think, okay, with this guy, uh, we were so great in business or we were so great intellectually, like we had amazing conversations and, you know, we just, could really stimulate each other's minds. And with this guy, it was pure passion, only physical. We couldn't connect, you know, on any other level, but it was off the charts physically. And then with this guy, it was all spiritual and wow, we could just meditate all day together and we could understand each other in all these other dimensions, blah, blah, blah. Right. But I'm looking for the congruency, you know, I really want congruency or I want to be able to be met in all these levels and not like starve one part of me for the other part because I have starved myself as I've shared on this podcast before, you know, Mm. and I'm just at this place where I really want balance. And what I'm noticing with the people I meet here, no matter what background they come from is they're all looking for balance. Everybody's looking for that relationship that really turns them on. Like I, that, that meets them in all these ways. Like I, I talked to a guy I was dating and I thought, you know, Oh, he's such a player. Um, he's seeing so many women and, you know, mind you, we didn't have any exclusivity thing. He could date whoever he wanted. He was just used to it. And I was new at it. Right. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I was kind of like looking at the way he was being in somewhat of a judgmental lens from this old, like, oh, men are dogs kind of thing. But then I just had a heart to heart with him and I was trying to understand where he was coming from. And I asked him what he wanted and he was like, yeah, no, I want a relationship. And I kept thinking, well, how are you going to get a relationship acting like that? But then I realized, no, he's being totally congruent. He's actually more congruent than I am because here he is just being completely real with the connection. Um, Mm. And I was like trying to mold, well, him in, the, in that instance to um, what his potential might be to meet me in the other areas. Even though from the first date, I knew he's not the one, he's not my partner. He's right. a good friend. We have great chemistry. Um, I enjoyed some of my time with him, but he's not the one, he's not this guy that I'm going to really like go the long distance with. I knew that from the beginning, but, mm-hmm. but I kept dating him. Why? Mm-hmm. why, why, why was I doing that? Like, and then, and then I was mad that he was like not texting me back or not. <laughs> when that was all what you already knew. I already knew trying. that. I mean, he was just being congruently connected to what was true. And mm-hmm. I was like, trying to make him be something that we clearly weren't or never going to be. And you knew that from the very beginning, from the beginning. Like, this person is not what I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> but then we try, and this is where I was like, oh my God, we all do this. We manipulate. This is how the parasite yeah. um, runs us. And this is where the like little vixen inside gets pissed off when you're not being, you know, attended attended to properly. Right. Like I'm like, Hey, right. why are you paying attention to me more? Like, well, who's this other person? And I'm like, who care? I mean, why don't I just be honest with myself and 
And yet I was honest with him and we kind of like knew that. And then I could Mm -hmm. feel that the more I kept, um, I don't know, like wanting to hang out with him, it was confusing him. Then he was sort of like, oh, does she think that I'm this person? Well, let me try and see if I can put girlfriend role on her. And then the second he did that, I was like, why do you call me your girlfriend? I'm not your girlfriend, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember you doing that. Yeah. I was like, uh, I think that's really confusing. (laughs) You're like, I don't want you. (laughs) But But I really love him. Like, I mean, he's such a sweetheart and I enjoy all the times I hung out with him, but I mean, I'm just being honest to like what I knew inherently. And so I think that dating Mm -hmm. is like, um, it's a great way for us to get to know who we truly are and really stand in our truth and find that instinctual congruency. And, and, but we have to be away from lack and fear of scarcity, like to think, Oh, there's only, you know, I hear women here all the time. They're like, Oh, there's way more women than men. So Joe and all you single guys are way more women here than men. Apparently factually, I don't know who's got the statistics on that, but Hmm. So they say, but what I know is every time I say no to one guy and I literally walk away and turn the corner, there's a new guy who says hello <laughs> and asks my number. She's 100% right about that. Yes. I've, I know it this is for like fact. That. <laughs> <laughs> I keep laughing, yeah. but every time it happens, I'm like, it maybe, you know, I don't like that guy and it's not the guy I want to give my number to. But the fact is, is that there's always a next. Yeah. Unless we shut down. Right. And then we start to try to force something or we go into some maybe pattern from the past or childhood or something like that. And then, yeah, because why, why do we do that? And so many people have done that, you know, they meet somebody, they know that this isn't, this isn't maybe what they want. And then, but let me just, well, this person's here. Let me just, yeah. And what if there's nothing else? Let's cling and hold on for dear life. And, and force them, like hate on them, judge the shit out of them <laughs> in all the ways in which they don't add up to what we really want. And then let's make ourselves miserable in all the ways that we're not being met and starving ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then try and like, I don't know, it's a sick cycle. When are you hmm. moving to Playa? Both of you. You coming? Joe's like checking flights right now. Joe and I are feeling the same way. We're I I can't stop this uh, image in my head of Amelia with this big hat hiding her eyes, staring at everybody, drinking a margarita, just being overwhelmed. She doesn't drink. Yeah, but you know that's the picture that's in my head. I'll be with my green juice. (laughs) (laughs) So what if you find somebody that that is congruent though? Wait, what, Joe? Say it again. Well, so if you go through, you know, and I'm not saying that's what you're doing, but let's say you go through all these dudes, right? And you actually do find that one of the a guy that hits all the levels that you're looking for. Do you not try to pin that one down? I don't think I need to try and pin anybody down. I think that 
if we, it's that, it's that open hand policy, right? Like anytime someone's tried to hold me or grab me, I run, like I hate being trapped. So I know that most people here are like that. And so I'm, I'm amongst a lot of peers in that way. Um, and but I think all of us are like that at some level. Some of us are just used to being trapped. Um, so our wings have already been clipped, but if you're that wild person who wants to have it all and believes you can and really or secretly really wants to believe that that's true then I think that what we're practicing is um like divine flow and divine inheritance and if of course you need to work on relationships I'm not saying don't um speak your truth and tell people what you want but if you're in congruency and they're in congruency and you guys are hitting it off then what's going to take it apart? I think relationships are meant to be or, or they're not. And we just um, abuse them and get all twisted up. And I, I think, I think there's a big untwisting happening. I know it is happening for me, but I, I see it happening for a lot of people. Like, thank God. So um, if somebody was offering you everything you wanted like your dream person would you be able to receive it would you want it um i th- i'm working on being able to receive fully so yeah i think that i i would um in the meantime i'm gonna uh <laughs> enjoy the dance but yeah of course i uh, of course i want that and i but i'm not I'm no longer feeling like um, that that's sort of a goal. I feel like I it, see. it's going, mm-hmm. it's there for me when I'm ready to fully embrace it. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, I'm healing all the parts in me that are blocking it from allowing it to just be what it is and allowing everybody to be who they are. Like the biggest thing I've gotten out of just the few people I've dated here is that they're beautiful, beautiful people. And, Mm -hmm. um, and we're all seeking to be met in the same way. All of us want that. So sometimes like women and men, they get stuck with people because they think, Oh, if I leave them, it's going to kill them. Like, oh, it's going to be so bad for them. I could never hurt them like that. But mm-hmm. if you're lying in, in how you feel and you're forcing yourself to be something you're not to someone, then you're just delaying this like inevitable. I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? I, yes. Yes. It's kind of like, I, I feel that when, when we are congruent, life happens in beautiful ways for everybody. I feel like that's when you get win-win. That's when you get, now, how many people are living that idealized, perfected partnership? Not very many, but I think people are. I think a lot of people are. And um, Mm. I think more and more people will, the more healing that we do and the more Mm -hmm. we allow ourselves and, and, to, to heal the shame. I mean, really, because there's so much shame around being attracted to other people. Like when I arrived, I realized like I was ashamed that I was staring at everyone's bodies. Oh, wow. I've never Thank seen you for so many like, good bodies. I was just yeah. like, Jesus Christ, men, women, like, wow. Yeah. Thank you for speaking to that? to that. What, Joe? You were ashamed about staring at people's bodies? 
I, well, yeah, I think because you know how many men I've shamed who are with me and then they like look at a girl that walks by because yeah. my dad did or, that and it used to piss me off. Like I'd be riding yeah. with my dad to work and a girl would be running <clears throat> on the sidewalk and he would literally like crank his neck and look in his rear view mirror. Like I always caught him. I watched him on every occasion. What's wrong with and, that? I've never understood why people get mad about I that. always found it repulsive because it's this objectification. But you know what? That's me here in blood. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think it's I think it's different for women and men. I think that men have had a license to um look at people's bodies and feel a sense of attraction. In fact, they've been programmed and told this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to look at women, you're supposed to feel desire, you're supposed to feel um, attracted and you're supposed to let them know that you feel that way. Right. Well, while women, we, even in a man looking at us, we've been told, okay, yes and no. Uh, yeah, you're supposed to look good and probably for that reason, yet you don't really want that attention or you don't really want that, but then you do, but then you don't. And it's just a total, that's a whole other show right that there. Sucks. Like, <laughs> yeah, we have, we don't have as we much permission. So when, when you said, yeah, we do. But I want to say this, like when you said that, Amalia, that really spoke to me when you said, you know, I almost felt, you know, some kind of shame about like checking out because that's how I was imagining just being there and doing that. And, and I, I think I didn't know this, but I think I have felt that before. It's something like, I'm not supposed to be looking at people with desire. However, yes. I'm supposed to just be eyes to the ground. People are looking at me with desire, but I don't look at other people with desire. And I'm a girl. And this is how I've, I've walked through my life. But a man, they're like, where I am supposed to look at a woman in desire. And what, what I'm learning is? is that men really love being looked at like that. And I didn't know that because women... I mean, we, I think we like it. We like to be looked at, but then it's gone so far as like, you know, when we're objectified or it goes too far or like, there's been so much danger themselves. in yeah. that. And there's been so much, so many boundaries just completely destroyed. And so many, yeah, there's been so many problems with that at the same time. It's kind of like, I wish we could just enjoy it. And mind you, in most places, like men aren't looking that good and they're covered, right? It's the women that dress up and show off their curves and show off their body that get the, the glances. But here on the beach, men are just as, you know, sexy as the women. They all have these ripped bodies, shirtless. And I've never known how much I liked that. <laughs> well, probably because there's so few. Yeah, because it was always the random one where I lived. There's very especially yeah. in India for eight years. Come on, oh for what, man, like it just didn't exist. So, so in how, Japan many, also, how many hot people Japan. are we talking about here? Hundreds, thousands, <laughs> thousands, <laughs> oh. thousands. How can you not? There's going to be a mass influx now. To I know. Blow here we go. <laughs> well, you know, the tourism is declining because of the. The sargassum in the ocean. So now they're all going to show up and be like, hey, forget the beach. We're in the clubs. Mm. Well, that's got to change. Know. I've never understood that, actually. I've, uh, you should be able to look at anybody in the eyes, especially in the eyes, in their body, and say, wow, you know, you're a beautiful person. 
and be okay with right, that. But we have we have three levels. This is what I I really wanted to talk about. So we're we're gonna have to shift this. But we have you know we can't deny our passion for you know our spiritual and intellectual pursuits and see like oh it's just a beautiful soul like their body doesn't exist. No, the body does exist, and we love bodily connection. Who doesn't love sex? or want connection at that level. It's important. Absolutely. It's important. And for us to negate it is to like shame and hate on our body, which creates disease in the body, which, you know, makes us, you know, into like sick or shameful or self-hating people. Anyway, we really need we gotta to wrap up the long episode. Thank you. For <laughs> Wait, listening. We're stopping? No. Um, stay tuned. <laughs> we're gonna continue this conversation in the following episode. Yeah, you can check us two. out. Okay, Joe, what is it? We can't stop talking. I'm just saying this needs a part two for sure. And I'll I'll let you wrap it up. <laughs> wrap it up. <laughs> Bring them home. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us. If you'd like to contact us and stay in touch with us, you can find us at lovesexagenda.com. That's lovesexagenda.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram, Love Sex and the Hidden Agenda.